I love coffee and I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. Got your coffee, everyone? Okay, let's dig in to the Word of God together. This morning, I want to talk about a few things that I believe are fundamental and foundational for Christians but yet, on the other hand, so ignored by Christians, by those who simply are believers in Jesus Christ, have a personal relationship with him, desire to walk with him, desire to honor him, and desire to be a reflection of him. If we have that in our lives, then we are what we would term a Christian. And so do we uh, exemplify that? And do we um, testify to that in our lives and what we project even to others? Excuse me. There's something that we forget on a pretty consistent basis with regard to our daily lives. Number one, we're sowing seed every single day. We're sowing seed and we forget that. And what we do is we tend to look at today and want the fruit of today and wonder where the fruit of today is. And we get frustrated that it doesn't look how we wanted it to look the harvest in our life, we don't think about the seed that maybe we planted last week or last month or last year or even five years ago. Some seed takes a little longer to grow than others. And instead of writing ourselves, correcting ourselves and lining up not with what Tom, Dick, or James say, but with what the Word of God says, lining ourselves up with that, and then being patient enough to wait on the fruit that that will produce in our lives. The Word, there's a few things that over the past couple of weeks that I've really been seeing. I've been doing a lot of digging and a lot of reading in Proverbs, and I've been doing uh, a devotional with my family on Proverbs through text messaging. If you don't have, you don't have time to pour into your family, just start a group text and send out the word of God. And if only one out of six people responds, they're all reading it, I promise you. So anyhow, we've been going through Proverbs and I've come to realize with Proverbs, we tend to focus on the sexual immorality. That's our big thing. Oh, watch out, watch out for the woman. Don't be sexually uh, impure. You know, um, don't, 
and these are all important things. I'm not, I'm not minimizing these, you know, don't defile the marriage bed, even through your thoughts or through your eyes with pornography or through action and adultery. Uh, keep yourself pure to marriage. All of that, all of those thoughts and all of those things are very important. Absolutely. But the seductive woman represents much more than a man going and having uh, illicit relationship with a prostitute, as it's put in Proverbs. And that's me paraphrasing it. It talks about the prostitute. It talks about the seducing woman down on the corner. It talks about uh, the woman with sweet honey inviting you into her home. Is All that represents is seduction in your life. Obviously, for me, the woman down at the corner is not going to seduce me. So does that mean Proverbs doesn't, isn't for me? No, it means me, Linda, you watch out for what can seduce you away from what God has for you and what can seduce you away from your intimacy with the Lord. As the bride of Christ, I have to make sure I'm not seduced by any quote unquote woman. In other words, anything that will momentarily and temporarily satisfy my flesh. Because if I go to the seducing woman, if I go to the desire, if you're a woman listening, you need to relate to it in this way. If I go to the, to desiring my flesh, even momentarily, how about even just saying what I want to say when I should keep my mouth closed? That's going to the seductive woman. How about uh, eating the chocolate cake when I know God has told me to stay away from that stuff. That's the seductive woman. How about being angry when I should be patient? That's the seductive woman. How about judging others lightly or casually, I guess is more the word, criticizing others? That's a seductive woman. There's a difference between discerning and God showing you something and judging. We have to be careful. We can even put our, even our own spouses can actually be the seductive woman. Our children can be the seductive woman. It's anything that lures us away from what God has for our lives, what he has for us in that moment. There's so much in Proverbs about sexual immorality. But I would paraphrase it, lust of the flesh. So if you happen to read Proverbs, when you see sexual immorality in there, when you see the seductive woman in there, when you see the prostitute in there, when you see that it's talking about a man being lured away from the bride of his youth, Understand that it's talking about simply any lust of our flesh that comes before God. That's what it's talking about. And when it says to take you away from the bride of your youth, it's talking about something that will take you away from your first love, which is God. Another thing that Proverbs really talks a lot about, another one of the key points, I guess, is to seek out counsel and to be able to take counsel and to be able to take godly counsel and correction. 
you know, if we, if, and, and I, we all do this. My husband and I have done this in our marriage. I've seen it with my adult children and myself too. Like if, if my husband points something out to me that is a negative um, action in my life, uh, a negative behavior, uh, maybe how I'm treating him that, that he struggles with, automatically I get defensive. And truth be told, he does the same thing. If I try and point something out to him, he gets defensive. Now, in our younger years of marriage, it, it would end up in a fight. Because I'd get defensive, then I'd automatically bring out something negative of him that bothered me, and, and it just would go back and forth. Now, we're more at a place, we've been married 27 years, but now we're at a place, I think, of maturity in our marriage, not that we get it perfect every time, but okay, I'll use him for example. If I bring something uh, to him, you know, maybe this, maybe that. Uh, his initial response, yes, is to be a little defensive because that's just something in our human nature. And then if I just if if I respond, well, I'm just I'm just trying to show you this. Or I'm just telling you this. You might not see this then everything calms down and he's willing to look at that area. Maybe she's speaking truth, maybe she's not. And even put it to prayer. That's how we should all respond when somebody is bringing correction to us. We all do get that little rant at first. But we need to truthfully step back and say, what is my portion? Are they right? And what is their motive to pointing it out to me? And this is something that's really important. When, when you're seeking counsel, when somebody's bringing correction in your life, <clears throat> first of all, have wisdom who you allow to speak into your life. That's very important. Very important. The fruit, the word tells us that we should seek godly counsel. There's wisdom in godly counsel. How do you know if someone's quote unquote godly? It's what I was just talking about before this. Um, have they been seduced away by their flesh? Are they still in their flesh more than they're in the spirit? How do you know that? The fruit in their life, period. There's no other way to know it. They can hear from God. They can prophesy. They can speak in tongues. But if they have no fruit that lines up with them, that doesn't mean God will not still use them. That, that, he will. And I've questioned that sometime, but that's between God and, and them. God will not deny his people. But what are they actually walking out in their own lives? That's a serious question. That's what you have to look at. You know, my husband, my husband puts it this way, and I love it. Don't judge their fruit, but be a fruit inspector. We're not the judge excuse me, but we are fruit inspectors. The word tells us, the word, the Bible tells us, you will know them by their fruit. I believe that's Matthew chapter seven. Let's just go there real quick. So if I'm raising children and I want my children to grow up, to be godly men and women, stable, secure, confident, confident in the Lord, not arrogant in themselves, uh, uh, seeking God, uh, lovers of God, then I'm going to take the counsel 
of somebody that's already done that. I'm not going to take the counsel with regard to raising my children of a, of a household that's a mess. I'm not going to, that makes no sense. Why would we do that? Right? You know, uh, whoever you're taking the counsel of, whoever you're uh, allowing to speak into your life, you know, I've heard this said before, and I, I, I use this all the time. That's where do you want to be in five years or in the fact of raising your children? Where do you want to be in 10 or 15 years with your family, with your spouse, with your kids? Whoever you allow to speak into your life, that's where you're going to be, pretty much where they are. Now, everybody has their own choices. And, you know, there can be a, a rebellious child. But I'm talking about when the household's a mess. I'm talking about when uh, there's a lot of rebellion you know, you, you can look and see, and you don't have to judge the fruit because you're not in the house, you don't know the story, but why take the counsel is what I'm saying. Be an inspector before you allow that. It says, yeah, in Matthew 7, starting at verse 16, you will fully recognize them by their fruits. Do people pick grapes from thorns or, th or figs from thistles. <laughs> That's what you're doing when you are careless with who you allow to speak into your life. Maybe they're saying the words you want to hear. Maybe it's just making you feel better for the moment. But make sure that you are not trying to get grapes from a thorn. Make sure you are not trying to get figs from a thistle. You know, putting it in today's language, when I go to the grocery store, I check out the fruit before I buy it. I don't just look at an apple on the top and say, oh, that looks good and grab it and put it in my bag. I pick up the apple and I look around it and I see if it has any bruises. And if it has any bruises, it goes right back down and I'm not bringing it home. I, I pick the bananas that look like they're just starting to ripe. I don't pick the bananas that already have bruises showing through the skin, are already turning brown. But we do this in our personal lives all the time. We go to the store for our physical selves and we will not buy the rotten apple. We will not buy that bruised banana. But in our spiritual lives, we do it all the time. We take counsel and advice from people, ignoring the fruit their very words have produced in their own lives. It's straight up not biblical. We're warned against this. How do you know a wise man? Read Proverbs. It tells you what a wise man's life will look like. We gotta have fruit. What are some of the, what are some of the things of fruit, I guess, that we should have? What are some of the, the areas of fruit? How do we know if somebody's walking in fruit? Galatians 5 tells us. So jump over there real quick. Now remember, we'll be known by our fruit. So what will we be known by? How do I tell? What are, what are areas that I look at? Because you can't get behind the four walls of people. Sometimes the only thing you'll see of people is what they present. But this is a, maybe my husband should have done this radio show this morning because this is another thing he says. People can only put on an act for so long. They can only put on an act for so long. Be a little patient before you start embracing and taking all the counsel.
because they're going to show their fruit. And I'm not saying everybody's perfect. Somebody might blow it for a day. They might blow it for a moment and they might be a little different than you thought they were and what they presented outside of the home. And that's because nobody's perfect. Nobody has it together all the time. And we shouldn't expect people to be perfect, but we should expect there to be a balance of fruit in their life. That's really good right there. <clears throat> we shouldn't expect people, I'm going to write this down while I'm saying it. We shouldn't expect people to be perfect, but we should expect a balance in their lives. So wait just a little bit. It's like young girls that want to get married. They want to get married so fast. And it's like, you haven't truly seen the fruit of that man and vice versa. Truthfully, a young man wanting to have you truly seen the fruit of that woman or, or are you seeing the honeymoon phase, the act, the, you know, you're all caught up in the, in the, um, the first love of it, the infatuation of it. We can't just write off and excuse stuff that stuff that we can see on a consistent basis that does not line up with the word of God when we're allowing someone to speak into our lives. And so in Galatians, what fruit do we judge? I'll, I, you, you can find everything you need in the word of God. You really can. That's what it's there for. It's such an amazing guide to our lives, causing us to remain in the place we need to remain in God. And so in Galatians chapter 5, First of all, in chapter and verse nine, it says a little leaven, a slight inclination to error or a few false teachers leavens the whole lump. It perverts the whole conception of faith or misleads the whole church. So stop excusing things that you shouldn't excuse. Oh, they just, and I've done this with people because now you have an emotional attachment. So you excuse behavior. Oh, this is just this or it's just that. Well, just a little leaven can wreck the whole thing. The whole thing. So this whole Galatians 5 is about walking in the spirit. And we are supposed to walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. And as a result of this, we will not gratify the cravings and the desires of our flesh. What are the desires of the flesh? Well, number one, they're opposed to the Holy Spirit. They're antagonistic. They're irritable. They're impatient. These are all things of the spirit. They're, they're uh, anything done out of balance. Do we find ourselves getting enraged about something? We shouldn't get enraged about anything, actually. Now, to respond to an event when it initially happens with an emotional response is one thing. To be enraged is another thing. To be antagonistic is another thing. We shouldn't antagonize each other. We shouldn't stir up strife. That's one of the uh, abominations of God is one that stirs up strife. But if we're truly guided and led by the Holy Spirit, none of these things will have rule over us. And down... In verse 22, these are the fruits. And so when you're looking to allow someone to speak into your life, give it a little time to see, do they really walk in love? Do they really walk in love? Do they have an understanding of walking in love? Or do they walk in love with those that are lined up with them? 
You want to see somebody's love walk, pull away from them and see how they respond to you. That will let you know if somebody really walks in love. Do they have true joy in their lives? This is a fruit of the spirit. Can we have a bad day? Yes, but do we have an anchor of joy? An anchor, another fruit is of peace. When we shouldn't. Now on a good day, everybody can do that. But what about when you should, do you have joy regardless? Do those around you that speak into your life have joy regardless? Do they have peace regardless? Do they have patience regardless? This is an indicator. Your patience is an indicator of how led by the spirit you are. Do they walk in kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness? Self-control. I think I got all of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit we judge. Because out of these areas, everything else in our lives flows. Everything else. These are the areas that you judge or you inspect, not judge, but you inspect, you watch for when you're letting someone speak into your life on a regular basis. All of them equally important as the other. I'll tell you what, we put a lot of weight on some of these fruits, maybe three or four, and we leave the other five or six out. There's nine fruits here for a reason. They're all equally important. They all have their equal portion. When you have a cup, when you're trying to make a measurement of a cup, one quarter cup, one quarter cup, one quarter cup, and one quarter cup make a cup, period. You can't change that measurement at all. It's the same thing with the fruit of the spirit in our life. All nine of these are equally important. We have to, we have to check ourselves and see, are we walking in all nine of these and maybe pray to the Lord, show me which one I am lacking in and show me why. Because if we're lacking in it, there's a reason why. There's a root of it. And that's the point of being spirit led and walking in the fruit of the spirit is to let the Lord do the work in you that he needs to do in you. And the other thing I wanna touch on this morning that I really believe that Proverbs talks about is the words of our mouth speaking out of term, speaking hastily. Maybe just because it's truth doesn't mean it has to be said. Maybe. God gave you the discernment of it. Maybe God showed you the truth of it to simply put it to prayer, not blast it from the mountaintop. Our words are so powerful. We can speak five words or we can speak 500 words. If we have spoken those words out of term, it's too many words. Whether you speak five words or 500 words, if it shouldn't have been said, then it is too many words. 
I was in just this situation yesterday. I was talking with someone about something and I was about to say something. And I literally heard the spirit of the Lord say, don't say it, don't say it. And I have really bad reception in my home on my phone and conversations cut in and out a lot. And I started to say it anyway, even though I heard the spirit of the Lord, I'm just being transparent with you today. And the phone just cut out. Like I could hear it crackling in and out. And I felt like the Lord was giving me another moment to obey his guidance. And the Holy Spirit just quickened me. Don't say this. It's not wise to say this. And I shut my mouth. And the connection came back in. The person on the other line never even knew it because they were talking and they had just kept talking. And I let them keep talking. And I didn't say what the Lord didn't want me to say. I yielded to the spirit instead of gratifying the flesh. And that's really tough to do sometimes. And a lot of times we gratify our flesh and we say things we shouldn't say to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves, um, to uh, excuse ourselves. There's many different reasons to lift ourselves up higher than another, to try and turn back criticism on us. And that's not right. And another thing that's not right is we shouldn't listen to the opinions and the words of other people who are willing to speak about someone when it's in a disregarding or demeaning tone. Because if we listen to it, if we allow it to come into our ears, thinking we can be biased, thinking we can uh, be uh, neutral, that's the word I want, not biased, neutral, we can't. Once those words have come in, now, now we're going to form a, uh, an opinion or a perspective of someone that we didn't have before. Or even it may damage our relationship. Because for some reason, words are so powerful that those words are now going to outweigh the very fruit we see in the life of the person that we just listened to someone else talk about. And we shouldn't do that because fruit matters. The Bible says it matters. So we're back to the fruit. But guard your words. Guard your words and be careful of who you listen to counsel to. You know, we've got to hear the voice of God above all else. And I believe in godly counsel. I give godly counsel. But I just really quick, we have about a minute left here. And I want to direct you to John 15. And I would like to encourage you to go read it and study it out. Because this is how you produce the fruit that God desires you to produce. You remain in him. This is what John 15 tells us. You abide in him. 
You can't bear fruit unless you abide in him. But not only abide in him, walk with him. You got to combine those two things, abide in him, hear from him, and then walk with him. So walk it out in your life, birth it in your life first, then escort others to that same place of bearing and producing much fruit. Remember, we were told in Genesis chapter one, be fruitful and multiply. We got to be fruitful first, then multiply. Let's not try multiplying before we're fruitful in our own lives.